Hello and welcome back to Getting My Basket. Oh, I felt weird saying that. Mm. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, thanks very much if you listened to the first episode that we've done of 2022. Um, it went down a storm. Thank you very much for your uh, kind words. For those that don't know, we used to be called 303 Radio. Um, we still are 303 as an agency, but we've rebranded our podcast to Getting My Basket. Um, the place where we talk a lot about D2C, um, so direct consumer in the digital space. That can be everything from brands we love to platforms we want to talk about to news, exciting things that are happening. It's quite early on a Thursday morning because Jamie's off to Barcelona uh, in the morning. So we're having to record this podcast slightly off schedule. So we're a little bit sleepy this morning. Hence, hence the puffy face. Mm, and the coffee. Yeah. What have you gone for? A mocha? Yeah. It's a child's coffee that, isn't it? You, okay, you introduced me to mochas about two years ago. I always drink I just weaned like, myself off as I matured. <laughs> it doesn't happen with me. I'm like Benjamin Button. I'm going the other way. Um... Anyway, we're, we're getting sidetracked. Today, we're going to chat about some Pinterest stuff. We're also going to chat about a brand that is recently emerged, which we are both very much enjoying what they're doing. Mm. But before we do, how has your, uh, your week been? Week has been good. I am now a boosted citizen. Mm-hmm. I've had my third job. My How's arm is arm? very sore. Is it? And I've also been one of these people that have been going, why is everyone moaning about their arm? Yeah, Because the other two, I was completely symptomless. But yeah. now I'm in pain. Yeah. But otherwise, very good. Our our hypothesis, hard words get out this time in the morning, that a lot of our clients have big Q4s and the other half seemingly have big Q1s -hmm. is coming off, which is always very pleasing. So we've had some really strong performance across the board, especially in our health and wellness, fitness related clients. Um, Even going into Feb seems stronger than it was even in parts of January. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been looking at a lot of trend stuff this week. I feel like there was a lot of people that were just on holiday in January this year. Yeah, I feel like because in the UK in particular, there was this whole thing, we might go into lockdown. Mm. I think a lot of people, like Q4 was just a weird time. Like Black Friday was pretty, pretty off, mm. off the mark of what it was meant to be as well. It wasn't obviously meant to be the year before because we were in a lockdown, but like it was meant to be still quite good. What, you know, a lot of people were thinking and saying, but yeah, I think a lot of people were bored of Q4 and were like, you know what? I'm going to go hard in Jan because Jan has been quiet in the like people. Right? Yeah. There's not many people around. Like London feels pretty dead. Like mm. it's a slow start. I just know a lot of people on holiday. So I think mm. that's, and now maybe they're coming back a bit. So don't know what it is, but Feb has been a really strong start to the month in a performance setting. And I think the diversification of our channels on a few of our clients is really paying off as well. Yeah. So solid start to February. Yeah. Love Feb. Amazing. Anything yeah. else going on in the world of performance and platforms? Um, we've kicked off some programmatic for a couple of clients, which for those that don't know, is basically display advertising similar to Google Display on very select websites. So if you're a car brand, it's being featured on car magazine websites or Esquire or GQ or whatever it might be. Yep. The idea being that you pre-qualify the affluence and demographics and all that stuff of the, oh, and the interest, most importantly, I suppose, mm. um, of the people that are seeing the ads by association of where you're serving them. Mm. Excellent. Well, thanks for that little update. Um, I guess more widely, we've had a few members of the team join, which is very exciting, strengthening our creative team um, and some other departments as well. And we're continuing to hire. So a um, little sh- shameless plug, but if you are looking for a role in digital, please do have a head over to 303.london, um, hit careers and see what we are currently hiring for. I think we currently have 10 active roles 
Um, some of them were, are active quite frequently because we really need to grow teams quite a lot throughout 2022. Um, but yeah, go check it out. Go have a look if you're interested at all. Um, and obviously you can book in calls and, and we've got a whole system in place to uh, go through the process, which is very exciting. Well, let's move on. Let's start cracking into the first bit of the newsletter, which people by this stage will have in their inbox. So if you're listening or watching or doing two things at the same time, you can probably head to the newsletter in your inbox and, um, and read the first section, which is what is hot. So this is the area, just to recap, it's only on episode two, people need to, you know, get to know. Um, What's Hot is basically about brands that we see that we think are going to do something special in the space, that are maybe disrupting, doing something that's emerging, doing something that's exciting that we want to talk about. Um, This brand is actually recently just launched, and I believe the founders um, came... uh, I imagine they met at Vice Coco, um, which is quite an interesting place to meet. Amazing brand that's really grown over the last sort of five years. But both the founders of, and I want to get this right, but Serial? Surreal? Surreal. Anyway, okay. Surreal. I think it's a really good name. It is a great name. Now, so what is the product? So I would describe it as very adult-focused consumer-based cereal. Mm-hmm. So it's high in protein, low in carb, low in fat, zero sugar. Yeah but very, very kind of color blocky, um, fun branding. Mm -hmm. So it kind of appeals to the kid within all of us. The thing I love about it is it's so flavor first. And I know- Which is key goods. Which is absolutely key. I've I've said this many times to all of our health and fitness clients, but having been within health and wellness, food and beverage for quite a long time, you can try and flog whatever you want and it can have however many grams of protein and however few grams of sugar and fat and carbs and whatever mm-hmm. but if it tastes crap no one will buy it because mm-hmm. what i find in, yeah exactly what i find quite interesting is the guys that have started the brand have come you know i think one of them was at vice coco longer than the other and then one went off to do something else i think one did an mba and came back but vice coco like coconut water which is what vice coco is for those that don't know is like a very some people love it some people hate it i'm in the second camp you hate it. Mm. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I've, I, I had a stage where I used to have it all the time, <clears throat> but I found out if you have, if you have it on an empty stomach, sometimes it can not be a good thing for you. It's all very natural and just sloshing around in there. The less said about that, the better. I think. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think it's quite interesting because Vita Coco, if you look back at like kind of maybe where their skill sets are lying, whatever they're doing within that business is super brand. Like, the packaging for Vice Coca, I remember when it came out, it was one of the first to be a bit more like dynamic, super colourful. It was a, the carton. You hadn't really seen many cartons. I mean, they've been around for close, must be 10 years now, mm. if not like, a little yeah, bit I'm less sure more. Um, or more even, sorry. But the knowledge that they probably gained from there and also gaining with a product where coconut water is coconut water. I know they've got the flavours and they you know have different options, but the first launch is like... Yeah. You can't really do much to coconut water. Like it is what it is. So going straight to consumers, trying to tell them that it's good for them. It's a better version of Lucasade, whatever that angle was early days with all yeah. the electrolytes. Like the skill set and knowledge that they've gained from being in that business means they will go on and they're probably the only, some of the only people in the UK that could launch something like cereal. Does that make sense? Yes. Because they've got that background, they've got that knowledge and they've got that understanding. For sure. Which is quite cool. It feels like the launch was something that's, that is very much the, the finished article yeah. and they can really get the... I mean, they've launched with four flavours, right? It, Possibly four more. Four or even five. Yeah. But it feels like they've done all the iteration of brand and flavour and all that stuff offline, which I just... As much as, like, obviously some people will launch with an MVP. Yeah. 
and obviously we have time for that. We, yeah. I mean, we've rebranded, so um, can happen. Yeah, we shouldn't shouldn't be too, too hypocritical, but it feels like they've done that and they've actually gone to market with a finished product. Yeah, the the trend that I think they've, well, I'm sure they've done it consciously, but even if they've done it inadvertently, I think it's really strong. The other brand that do it is Propercorn. Yeah, is on Propercorn the main the main USP of that brand is it's only three ingredients, yeah. which I think there is this sort of trend now towards like more whole foods and having much more clarity on what the hell are you putting in your mouth? Um, especially vegan people, vegetarian people, even flexitarian people are just so much more conscious about what they eat. Yeah. Even if it's a case of being like flexitarian and saying, I do eat everything. You are just more conscious about what's going in. Yeah. So I think they've, they've stumbled upon that really, really well, all while keeping it quite fun. And, and yeah, as we said, it's really good tasting. No, definitely. I have a question for you using them as a bit of a, you know, mm. thought thinker. Is that a word? Thought starter. There we go. When you launch a product, so let's say, you know, someone's listening that they're about to launch their brand straight to D2C, online, e-commerce, all that sort of stuff. What do you feel is more important spending the time on if you had to rush the process? The the taste of the product, let's say it's F&B for now, the taste or the branding? I think initial spike, I'd have to say brand mm-hmm. because you can in this day and age, especially with, the way that we market companies yeah. like you know no one tastes fresh fitness food food before they buy it no. or very few do mm-hmm. no one tries a press juice yeah, you before can they, do, yeah and we still you know we still either do sell that for them or you yeah. know make creatives that do that yeah so i'd have to say it's brand what where i think every almost all like health and wellness brands especially in the uk like if you go and drink go and drink and eat health foods in mm-hmm. the us like the, the flavors are like often pretty incredible because yeah. they are like more technologically advanced. They're s- several years ahead in terms of this like trend of healthy eating and whatever. Mm-hmm. The flavor is the thing that will keep them coming back. So I think that's why we love FFF. Yeah. Or both as consumers of it and as like, a business. As a business. I think fundamentally the brand service, all that stuff is really, really strong, but fundamentally it's so convenient, really delicious. So people keep coming back mm-hmm. and there's a really long tail on those consumers, which yep. is, I think people, you know, so many of our clients even, but a lot of our prospective clients, you know, scream and shout over CAC cost of acquisition um, or customer acquisition cost or CPAs or whatever, you know, cost per acquisition, but actually LTV is the focus point for so many of our longer standing clients now. Yeah. Like, you know, you can do all the acquisition in the world, but actually if the first point of acquisition was really cheap, but then the product tasted terrible, like no one's coming back. No. Whereas if the brand was fine, good enough to get them over the line, but it tasted like absolutely unreal. Mm. Like you can, yeah. you can really stretch that lifetime value out. Um, so let's move on to the main bulk of the basket, which is Pinterest, mm. which is an interesting platform. I think a lot of people don't look at it in, as part of their marketing strat for brands. Um, I think we do a lot more because we're obviously very creatively driven and what the opportunity we think is with creative. Um, but Pinterest has had a bit of a weird time over the last few years. And I think we've we've been on and off the platform with various different clients and opportunities as well. But at the end of the day, it's a very visual platform. I know Instagram is a very visual platform as well, but it's super visual to the point where you're not even reading that much copy unless it's within I'm infographics. No yeah. So... How how are people really using that platform in your mind? What do they use that platform for? What's, what is the main purpose of having Pinterest as an app? So I think it's a good um, contrast to our, our chat about Amazon last week, where Amazon has literally just 
basically 100% purchase intent and no one's going there to discover anything new. Mm-hmm. Pinterest is the absolute opposite of that, yeah. which is what I would describe as purchase intended discovery. Mm-hmm. So people planning an event, a renovation of something, whether yeah. that be a car or a house or yeah. an office or whatever, or they're trying to mood board something out maybe for a new brand. They go and amalgamate basically a load of nice content that they will find throughout the platform and it's tagged kind of by category, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about what's happened to the platform recently because they've had a big drop in active users, which has also been a big thing for Facebook recently. They lost, a, what, a million users? Active users? They went from 1.93 to 1.9. And what billion. was your take on that? It's still 1.9 million. <laughs> I don't Honestly. really know. Yeah, it's... And the share... The share price slash, I think we, we have to explain this to clients a lot, but like daily active users is Wall Street's main metric for yeah. like share price. So even though, and like this isn't the case for Facebook, but Facebook ad revenues could be going up. Mm-hmm. If their daily active usership is going down, yeah, that's what they look at it as. Yeah. Um, so Pinterest is a really interesting case study for that, obviously. Yeah. Um, they've had a drop in users but an increase in revenue. So they're monetizing their users better mm. via their platform, essentially. Because they've still got, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm reading stats, as I'm sure you'll see if you're looking on YouTube, because I have a terrible memory, but it's still the fourth largest social network in the world. Mm. Um, and they've got 459 million active users each month, which is still a huge audience. Facebook has a comparison, which is probably ranked as number one. They've got 1.9, million, 1.9 billion. So there is a big gap, but I think... That's kind of the thing. If you list, if you were to list every single, um, actually, I don't know if uh, TikTok must be second or third. Probably third. S- probably because they're one point. Well, I think billion. Facebook and Instagram. Facebook claim their users together. Yeah, they do. So maybe that is the biggest. And but then Twitter will be there, and then TikTok's now the the most visited website in the world, mm, which is mad. Anyway, so um, I think there's a massive gap between those if you if we to rank them all together so pinterest is definitely it's pretty impressive to be the fourth i guess is what i'm trying to get at 82 percent of their audience are also on mobile which i think is i wouldn't have thought it would be that high because if you go on pinterest it's like i don't think anyone's using instagram on desktop for example but pinterest is super like visual and it's also used a lot in that kind of work environment so it's quite interesting to know people are using it as a platform. Like I have Pinterest as an app, but I don't know a lot of people. I would. never use the phone app. Yeah, I'm just. Well, so it's quite interesting to see that this is worldwide stats as well. Just for just for some context, they're also developing massively into AR, which we'll come to. But I guess what I wanted to go on from this point, and obviously this, there's more of this in the newsletter, is what the opportunity is for brands, and how we you can kind of make the most of the platform because there's two angles: there's the organic side, and then there's the ad side. I think what we think is actually more interesting is possibly the organic side, right? Yeah. So there's, again, some analysis in the newsletter if you want to check it out. But what do you think the big opportunity is for a brand? Let's say, I think we did a gym branders analysis in the newsletter, but let's say you are the massage machine that you use on your leg. Theragun. Theragun. Imagine your Theragun as a brand. How could you make the most out of Pinterest from an organic perspective? I think what well, I think generally the gist is you want to give people boards that give them inspiration for how to use the product. Mm-hmm. So gin brand, obviously, as we've just mentioned, it might well be recipes. Theragun, it might well be like stretches and poses to do with the Theragun. Yeah. You might have a board for leg poses and a board whatever yeah. it might be. Um, and then for like interior led stuff, you know, it's kind of, 
I think so. We use Swift, didn't we? Yeah. Um, something like Swift, it's a fairly standardized shape of sofa, but they've got loads of different colors. So it's kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to green, as you may imagine that we've got. But it would be here's our green sofa in these different inspirational sort of yeah. scenarios with loads of plants one that's in a hot country, one that's in a cold country, whatever. Mm. So it's sort of giving a bit more context to the product, which I think is really smart. So we've yeah. we've had quite big success with it with food clients. Yeah. Where you basically giving value through like recipes, um, like juice brands doing juice re- like at home juice recipes, etc. Because those boards, so for, for a bit of context as to how the organic reach works, let's say you create a board for so so let's stick on sobers because it's kind of yeah. easy to start off and give some context. But let's say you are Zwift and they do this really well. We've highlighted this in the newsletter, but they will create boards around different scenarios where that might include. So it could be, you know, uh, office renovation and they will give a load of different imagery pulled together from other places, um, user kind of UGCs type type stuff, pull it all together into one board and then in, in within that include their product might be an ad but predominantly it's obviously going to be organic and what that does is when you go into the search engine you go office renovation into the search engine in pinterest that board will likely come up and then that's where you can basically hack the algorithm to be in front of the consumer that you want to look for yeah. so you're using you know, or, you know organic search like you would with google um and getting in front of people but very very visually so within that organic reach what you end up doing is getting in front of the right audience at the right time for what they're looking for. But the reason why I think it's an opportunity that brands don't often make the most of is because it's so visual. Like that sofa, for those that are listening, there is a gorgeous green sofa from Zwift behind us. If I was to search, you know, green sofa in Google, I would get Google Shopping pop up for sure. But then I'd go on sites and then I might not end up on the right page and I'm multiple clicking. If I was to type in green sofa in Pinterest to get some inspiration, I'm visually seeing what I want. And I think especially now with, you know, influences from platforms like Instagram, whatever it might be, our generation is so visual. We care about visually what we want to see. And I think that's where if you're a gym brand, whatever it might be, I know we keep talking about gym because I think there's loads of opportunity there. Whatever you're selling, people spend so much time on branding. We just spoke about cereal, whose branding is obviously being like, there's a lot of time and investment gone into that. To be visually appealing, Pinterest is very much the place for that. And people are searching for that as well. Let's let's give a scenario. Let's think of a, a brand or an industry. And let's think about what we would do organically. So why don't we go with a, a juice brand? Because it's relatively mm-hmm. easy to do organically on a juice brand for Pinterest, what would the steps be? The first thing I would probably do is make sure that the lifestyle e-com imagery you have for the brand is like really well thought out. And it's I think tight. it's it's very much about quality over quantity, I think with Pinterest, because you can use the same pin in multiple boards, yep. which is the first thing. So from a brand perspective, you know, put this in your scenario for the brand if you're working for one or you're launching whatever it might be. Make sure your imagery is stunning. And the best way to do it, to be honest, is search what's already there as a competitor. So I would go on Pinterest and I would search yeah. Juice Brand and see some of the amazing branded images in the bottles, whatever it might be. Yeah, and make sure that the vibe you're going for is super repeatable and super ownable. Yeah. So make sure that if your brand is called Juicy, that's good. That's very, juicy. very inspired idea I've got there. But yeah. if you're juicy, make sure all of the juicy images look like juicy images yeah. so that you have some level of cut through and there's a recall value that if someone pins one of those, when they go to pin more, yeah. 
They'll make that connection. So imagery, super, super key. The next thing I would do is think about infographics. Infographics on Pinterest is huge organically. And I think people really resonate and want to find that like from the workout space. So, you know, you could do, let's stick with Juicy. I call out the name, but Juicy, you could do like, you know, workouts related to that drink or whatever it might be because you're talking about health, you're talking mm. about whatever it is. You could also break down every single juice as to what's in it as an infographic. So let's say it's a berry smoothie or it's a green juice or whatever it might be. What's in there as an infographic, really well branded, really, really well broken down. You could take that a step further with the ingredients and breaking down those ingredients because then you're actually mm. hacking what people are searching for as well. So totally. you see where the spiral goes on and on and on with the infographics. I... I don't see a reason why you can't do that for every every product, whether it's a sofa, like where you're breaking down the materials, you're breaking down where it was made, you're breaking down the woods, what, whatever it might be, the feathers. So going back to the juice, I would do that a lot for the infographics. So that's the stuff you need for a brand. Infographics and imagery, very key. The next thing to do is think about the audience you're trying to target, what else they're looking for and how the brand can link to that. Already mentioned like fitness, so workouts, whatever it might be, easy way to visually show those. Um, but I think you could take it a step further, obviously with smoothies and recipes, but also food, you know, what meals go well together with those juices, all these things collate as boards. So you have a recipe board, you have a ingredients board, you have a fitness board, you have, you know, whatever. Probably it might a board be. per color of juice because completely people, people search. And red, those boards need to have 40 to 50 pins that are collating everyone else's content onto that, onto your brand page. That alone will massively increase organic awareness on the platform. And that is the starting place for me, is yep. making sure the brand is engaged and, and connected with all those other um, accounts. I don't know any anyone that's really doing it, but one thing we're going to start looking into is how to use influence within, with influencers within Pinterest. So Pinterest, a lot of you know independent users, what we would call influencers, have created accounts that have close to millions of monthly visits where someone will go onto their profile and they'll have 20 boards and they'll just like their Especially style. Especially interiors, like Especially interior influencers. Interiors, fashion, makeup is a huge one as yeah. well, um, which I think is super interesting. So how a brand can make the most of that organic reach as well, I think is quite a good move. So, approach, you know, again, if you're a juice brand approaching a load of fashion people, a load of fitness people with the product and the pins and just getting them to pull your pins onto your boards. Let's talk about the AR stuff because we were talking about makeup very briefly, but um, Pinterest are really looking at, I guess, what we're starting to call Web3 in some ways. Um, and I think they are an early mover because yep. especially for the homework, going back to the Swift stuff and the sofas and interiors, you can now use the platform to imagine what it would look like in your home. Um, I know Snapchat do a lot of this um, with various characters and anim animals, but um, I think it's quite an interesting move. Do you, do you think that it's going to be... Is it too early? Is it too like late for this AR thing? Well, I think I think they were early moving. I think I think brands find it hard to imagine how it could appeal to them, which yeah. I think is like hopefully where people like us come in. But yeah, as you said, it started in um, in like a makeup setting, so you could actually apply looks to to see what it was yeah. and like if that suited and all that sort of stuff and i think quite a lot of like makeup brands actually now have that mm. integrated within their sites but again using an example of swift sofas like taking a photo of a room and then being able to effectively photoshop in yeah. the sofa into the space i think it's a really awesome idea even being able to like i don't think you're that far off of like being able to look at your car and change the color of it yeah like that is like 
is really we're not good. far away from that. I mean, we're far, but like we're not. It's not. Tomorrow. And that is to say, you're uploading a photo, and then it's being yeah, and then you're able to change card within because it's all about motivation, inspiration, ideas with the platform. Mm. And I think that the level of creativity on Pinterest is kind of. I'm surprised it's not a bigger deal. I know it's a big deal. There's a lot of users. I think but I'm like, surprised that people don't it use it. It feels quite like passive usership, and I think a lot of people yeah. are just confused as to what the hell you'd use it for. I think it's early. I, I do think that obviously Pinterest has been around for a long time now. Um, but it has stayed around for a long time. It as has, well. yeah. There's been a lot of brands that have come and gone mm. in that time. Yeah. Like tumblers of the world and whatever, which mm. again, were like early in their photo centricity or whatever, their yeah. visual centricity, like Pinterest has stuck about. And I think their ads, just touching on that really briefly, you know, going back to what I said initially for what we would use the platform for, kind of like high level intent discovery is basically how I describe it. Mm. So if you are looking for Defender inspiration yep. and you find an interior that you really like because you really like the steering wheel that's in the thing, mm. they've done a lot of integration now so that similarly to Facebook and Instagram, you can have a shop catalog. Yep. So you can actually shop your pins as well. Yeah, And within ads, that's obviously super effective because the traffic's quite cheap. The platform's actually relatively sophisticated in what you can target. Mm. Um, so yeah, again, to get more of that like high intent um, traffic through, it can be really effective. What would be your biggest takeaway from an opportunity with Pinterest? What would be the biggest area you would go, actually, that could be really interesting to investigate as a DTC brand? I think, well, I think the thing that's like relatively unique about it, which doesn't exist on Instagram in any capacity anymore, I'd argue, is that for a very low cost and quite low energy, if you've already get, got quite a lot of content, mm. there is pretty decent scope for very large organic reach just yeah. off the bat yeah so you know exactly like juicy is hardly the most um inspired example but even with that you would get a lot of traction mm. and you would get a lot of eyeballs on the brand mm. with very minimal money and a bit of effort and thought um so for a dc brand it represents i guess similarly to tiktok um potential for a lot of reach without having to pile media spend into a platform yeah if you want to boost it with some media spend though i think you know it's again not going to break the bank doing that interesting well hopefully that's been insightful for you guys listening um obviously if you do have any questions on the platform do reach out um our emails are in the description below and so is the website so you can have a little check in with us and i'm sure we can pass you on to the one on the team who can give you some guidance and uh advice on that well i guess that's it for today Jam, thanks very much for joining Thank as you. always we'll be back again next week enjoy your trip to barcelona um Thanks very much for listening. Again, if you haven't, and watching, if you're watching on YouTube, if you haven't already subscribed to Get In My Basket, you can head over to 303.london and subscribe to the newsletter. Um, it'll be arriving in your inbox every single Friday and this podcast will come out a few days afterwards the following week. Thanks very much. We'll see you guys soon. Ciao. Bye.